Welcome to the Overboard Podcast, the inside scoop into the world of travel, tourism and entertainment. We're on Series 4 now. Can you believe it? Series 4. And joining me this week, listen, you can hear his theme tune in the background. Ah, there it is. Bit of the bangles because he's from Liverpool. Well, he lives in Liverpool and his name is Benjamin because I'm introducing Mr. Ben Cliff. Oh, David, thank you so much. Some play on music. It's been years, years since I had play on music. I've never heard that bangle song. We were just talking about that before we decided to start recording, but I've never heard it, mate. But it's nice, isn't it? It's good. It's a, it's a great track. I love it. What's it called? Um, it's called Going Down to Liverpool. Do you like the bangles? If- I like Walk Like an Egyptian, but it's a bit uh, overplayed. It's a great track, isn't it? Great track, great track. They did a great um, cover of Simon and Garfunkel's Hazy Shade of Winter. Have you heard that? I haven't. Yeah, I know it, but I haven't heard their cover. Alexa, play the bangles. Have you got an Alexa? Yeah, but it's not here. What do you mean it's not here? It's in the kitchen. Oh, but you have one. Yeah, I've got one. And does it work? Of course it works. Does it recognise your voice only? It does recognise my voice only, but um, I like Vanessa May, and one of her songs is um, Contra Dancer, right, okay, which is a brilliant song. But every single time I ask for it on Alexa, she says, I cannot find Country Dancer by Vanessa May. So I'm wondering whether there's something mm. wrong with my accent. I've heard Vanessa May, but apparently her sister's not so keen. <laughs> Oh, very good. It's good to be back. People have been enjoying uh, the podcast, I think, Dave, haven't they? Nice feedback, nice feedback very nice, this week. Very yeah, nice feedback. Been... What do we usually start off with? Cornflake. Oh, yes. Can I explain it? Because someone told me that you're a little bit long-winded when you explain cornflakes these days. So I'll explain it a little bit more concisely for you, shall I? In the previous series is... Series is or series I? Do you know, hold on, can I just stop you there, David? It's called The Art of Painting a Picture. That's what it's about. So if somebody's taking offence to that, I suggest they move on and listen to another I'm joking. Oh, well, why did you say it then, you bastard? (laughs) Because I knew it would wind you up. I didn't think you'd get this wound up. Um, (laughs) Right, do you want to explain Cornflake then? So here we go then with our new feature, The Further Adventures of A Cornflake. If you were listening last week, then you will know, of course, that sadly, due to Brexit, Covid and other visa issues, we cannot send Cornflake around the globe anymore with our regular feature. So instead, we have enlisted the help of many Cornflakes, the breakfast cereal, to help us with this season's The Further Adventures of A Cornflake. So the way it works is very simple indeed. A cornflake has smuggled its way into the mouth of a celebrity and is going to send back clues. And all you need to do, dear listener, is of course decipher who the celebrity is from the clues. Now this week, um, the clues come in the shape and form of the mystery voice of the celebrity. So we've got four clips and each clip will increase in length. And all you need to do, of course, is decipher who the mystery celebrity is from their voice. Yes, I know who thought we could get away with it, but we are going to try. So if you're ready, then here we go, then with clip number one. Who is this celebrity? Always so much fun together. So there you go then, that's your first clip of the Mystery Voice this evening. Who do you think it is? We'll be back later in the show with three other clips. Mr. Cornflake, male or female? Gender neutral. 
gender neutral cornflake. Okay, very, yeah. very, very twenty first century. I think it's quite an easy one to start with to ease people in, but we'll get some more clues later on, won't we? The thing about these mystery voices is they're easy if you know the answer. It's a bit like who wants to be a millionaire. It's only easy if you know the answer, David. It's not really like who wants to be a millionaire because there's 16 questions and you get to win a million pounds on this. This is just a load of old nonsense. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) That's very true. You are listening to the Overboard Podcast with David and Ben. Benjamin, we have a poll this week. Oh. Uh, We're running it in association with what to do on your cruise. And the question is, on a cruise or in a hotel, do you go to speciality restaurants? Oh, yes. Uh, The choices are at least once. Mm. Uh, Sometimes, no, I stick to what's included, I buy a package, or I will when I can cruise or go on holiday again. What about you? Do you you use the speciality restaurants? Now, listen, we're getting to the age now with the kids whereby we really need to go all-inclusive, and I do not like all-inclusive. I would much rather be in an apartment where you get the opportunity to go to a different restaurant every night, walk out, stroll, choose what you feel like, X, Y, and Z, but it's just not practical. So we go to we, we have to go to an all-inclusive, but the thing is, I only ever want to go to an all-inclusive that's got several restaurant choices, and they have to be speciality restaurants, you know, outside of the main one. That they normally are anyway, because it drives me mad. I can't eat the same thing in the same place night after night on holiday. So absolutely, one hundred percent, I would go and I would eat in those speciality restaurants. I think it's a real treat, regardless if they have a, a surcharge on the top. You know, when I was younger, I would never even consider going to anywhere apart from the included place. But, but as I got older, maybe have a little bit more money to spend. I do enjoy the speciality restaurants. Yes. You are listening to the Overboard Podcast with David and Ben. Did you see, Benjamin, after 14 months of standstill, the paint is being retouched, the chairs re-upholstered and the carpets relayed, ready to set sail this summer. From the 17th of May, cruises will be allowed to resume from England and demand is high. Now, Fred Olsen Line has already launched its summer British Isles cruises a few weeks ago and says that it, is, it has already sold two-thirds of the tickets for the early trips. Now, when cruising does restart, it will be phased, starting with scenic tours around the UK, stopping and starting at the same port or so-called trips to nowhere out to sea. Remember, we spoke about this before when they tried to get it going last year. So basically, you go on a ship and you you don't really get off it until you get off it, if you know what I mean. So you mm-hmm. embark and you disembark and you just sail to a few places, more scenic places without doing the excursions in ports along the way. Mm. Do you think it will work? Do you think it will catch on? I think it will catch on. I think people will enjoy that. I think the picture, Dave, if you can go and you can be on board uh, essentially one of the most luxurious floating hotels for three or four days in a safe COVID environment, enjoying good food, entertainment, drink, lectures, etc., I think it'd be very popular, wouldn't it? Some operators like Virgin Voyages are seeing it as a chance to introduce cruising to a new customer with three or four day trips as an alternative to a staycation. They are requiring all passengers and crew to be fully vaccinated before they travel on board. Now, the boss of Virgin Voyages, Tom McAlpin, said, I don't know where else you can go to a restaurant or a theatre and know that this level of protocols are in place. I think you rebuild trust by creating these protocols so that people feel safe. It's the right thing to do for us to make people feel more comfortable. Will will all these precautions and uh, protocols make cruising more of a hassle than a pleasure? It's quite interesting because I've had a couple of conversations with friends of ours over the last week or so. One who is actually on board a cruise ship getting ready. Now they've gone on. Now he's in isolation for 14 days. 
So he's in a cabin on his own for 14 days, basically, self-isolation period, when they come out. And he explained to me that the guests who come on board will only be allowed to leave on organised excursions from the ship. So there'll be no coming into a port and then meandering off and walking ashore yourself. You'll only be able to go up the organised trips in your safe bubble. What's more interesting, I think, Dave, about this is going to be the mental well-being of the crew because another friend of mine has contacted me to say that their brother is actually out working for Royal Caribbean and about to start, again in self-isolation. But the rules and regulations that he has to face when he's on board for the length of his contract are almost like, or almost prison-like. So there's no crew bar, there's no gym. They're not allowed to leave the ship for four months. They've only got certain social bubbles that they can eat in. Customers coming into the shop because he works in the shop can only come in one or two at a time. Everything must be disinfected and sanitised after they've left before the next people come in. So that's going to be quite harsh on the crew, isn't it? Very harsh on the yeah, crew. Yeah, very harsh. All, I, I mean, can't imagine doing that at all. No. I mean, their mental state is going, to be, is going to be quite terrible, isn't it? Imagine not being able to get off for four months. One of the things that keeps the crew going on board of cruise ships are the amount of social events they're able to organise. You know, it, not a week goes by or even four or five days when there's not some kind of crew party that happens or something to lift the spirits of the crew. If you look at the guest perspective as well, Sometimes it's the, it's the crew's, you know, camaraderie and the atmosphere that they create that sort of makes the, the whole experience for some I would suggest that would, that's right up there with the, with the experience maker. People who go on to cruise ships become incredibly attached to the crew members on board that are serving them and are working for them. And the reason that they love that so much is because of the atmosphere that's created by those crews. But can you imagine after three months what that atmosphere is going to be like on that ship. Whilst it's really great for um, it's really great for, for, for the guests and for people to go on holiday, I think there should be some understanding of what it's going to be like to work on board that ship because it's not going to be easy for those people. The industry's been on pause for more than a year now, has to work hard to regain the lost ground. Cruise companies, tour operators and ports have all lost money. The UK cruise sector contributes about £10 billion to the UK economy every year and supports over 80,000 jobs although a lot of those will be gone now. If you were a, a, a cruiser, would you, would you be waiting to, to cruise for a little bit or would you go back? It depends how desperate you are, I suppose. Well, I think we've had, we've had this conversation so many times before about the loyal cruise market. If you're a cruiser, you're a cruiser, aren't you? We both know people who will not even think about taking another holiday apart from a cruise because that's what they do. So I think those people will be very keen to get back out onto the ocean onto these ships again and experience life on board because it's in their blood. They love it almost as much as the crew love being on board. Do you think this will entice people who've never been on a cruise, though, who might see this as a great opportunity, like the, the gentleman from Virgin Voyages is saying, a great chance to open up a market to those people that have never been on board because it will be one of the only markets that's available for travel. Well, best it's, of luck to it's them. It's good news. It's, best of luck it's, to them. Yeah, it's, it's edging in the right direction. It's edging us back to work as well, hopefully, one day. Yes. You're listening to the Overboard Podcast with David and Ben. Did you see, Benjamin, that the NBA legend, do you know what NBA stands for? National Basket 
Football Association? No. Well done. Oh, yep. was it? Right, OK. Uh, yeah. Shaquille O'Neal. He was seen in a, a Zales jewellery store in the United States earlier this week looking to buy some earrings when he came upon a man trying to pay for an engagement ring. Eager to help, O'Neal stepped in and footed the bill for the man. Apparently the man was having a sort of like conversation with the, the sales assistant saying, well, I can pay this month and then maybe next month I can pay this amount. And, and Shaquille O'Neal said, don't worry, man, I'll get it. And he said, no, no, I, I can't allow you to do that. And he said, just tell your, tell your wife, your fiancé, Shaq O'Neill's got it, or Shaq's got it, or something like that. I bet he said and Shaq, he paid... the big Shaq. Does he call himself the big Shaq? I don't know what he calls himself. The big Shaq. I'd call myself the big Shaq if I was as tall as him. Um, and But what a lovely thing to do. I think there's a difference between a, a really hearty act of generosity and, and being flash, isn't there? Have you ever done something like that for somebody, Dave? All the time, Benjamin, all the time. Go on, then tell us about I it. I never stop. I would happily lend money to people y- if yes. I think they need it. Um, and you're le- that's quite, lending I'm, money, isn't it? He's not going to... Shaq's not going to come back to this bloke in five oh, years yeah, ago. No, no. Do you remember me? You owe me $2,300. I'm talking about... Benjamin. You know, generosity always, from your heart, Benj- David. I always think if you are going to lend people money, then you should expect not to get it back. Right, OK. Well, lucky you haven't started a bank, otherwise you'd be broke by now. I know, I, wouldn't, I wasn't very good in the bank. Um, but no, it's true. You only lend the money if you can afford to lend it and you don't think you're going to get it back, I think. Otherwise, it just puts pressure on your friendship. Oh, OK, fair enough. Ah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Can you remember a few years back when um, Mario Balotelli was playing for Manchester City? Did you lend him money? I think he had no, enough I didn't money, lend to be him honest any with money. you. No, he had enough money. But what he used to do, apparently, he used to go into the uh, to get his petrol in his big Rolls Royce or whatever he had, whatever car he had. Yeah. And he would go in to pay for his petrol, and he'd pay for everybody's petrol on the, on the forecourt that yeah. was there. I've heard yeah. various stories about him. He used to dress up as Father Christmas. Have you heard this? He dressed, no. up, he dressed up as Father Christmas and went into Manchester City Centre, I believe, and started handing out £50 notes just to anybody who was passing by. Fantastic. Yeah, See, I love things like that. That's yeah, great. I love, I love things like that as well. When's the last time you did anything generous then? 1975. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, you weren't uh, even born then, exactly. were you? Exactly. <laughs> no, I... I do you know what, mate? I always try to do stuff like you. I will do anything for anybody, really. And I was in the queue at Lidl, and there was a woman ahead of me, and she'd forgotten her purse, and she had a kid with them. And I think she had a basket that was like eight quid or something like that, and I offered to pay. I was like, come on, I'll pay for that. Don't worry about it. Oh, you are like Shaq O'Neill, aren't you? Well, hardly. I bet if it was 88 quid, you wouldn't have offered. No, for sure I wouldn't. I can't afford 88 <laughs> quid, but eight quid is fine, isn't it? But she turned me down anyway. She said, no, that's very kind of you. I'll leave the basket here, and I'll, I'll nip back home and get my, my cash. Was she expecting that you would expect some sort of recompense? Good God, man, what's wrong with you? No! <laughs> Not at all. I was not rubbing my thighs. Oh, not at all. No, nothing like that. I just think... Each... I'm joking, man. I'm I know, joking. of course you're joking. Uh, we've got to look after each other, haven't we? We have it's, to look after each other. It's a crazy world. A responsibility, mate. You know, there's enough money and there's enough food in the world to go around and to take care of everybody, but unfortunately, that's not. it's not how it works, is it? Did you see that there was a new study that suggests that regular gardening can give the same boost to well-being as vigorous daily exercise such as cycling and running? 
Researchers from the Royal Horticultural Society in Sheffield University concluded that the greener the fingers, the less blue the mind. The survey of more than 6,000 people found that those who gardened every day scored significantly higher for well-being than those that didn't garden at all. And the more frequently people gardened, the less stressed they were. Now, apparently, Benjamin, the sights and sounds of nature distracts our mind, it restores calm, and it reduces negative feelings. Repetitive tasks such as weeding and watering can take us out of ourselves and into a meditative state and plunging a shovel under the earth can expend as much energy as going to the gym. Do you do any gardening? Do you know what? I'm not a massive gardener, but we just had our garden done last year during lockdown and new grass has been laid and all, uh, laid, sorry, and all this kind of stuff. And uh, I'm really enjoying going out into the garden and watering the grass and cutting the grass and trimming the edges and going out and buying some plants and doing all this kind of stuff. I, I didn't think I would enjoy it as much as I am. So I wouldn't say I'm a gardener, but I'm getting more into it than I, I was before, if that makes sense. Because I know from having spent time at your house when you first moved into your uh, lovely house, Dave, that you were quite obsessed with watering your garden as well, weren't you, your grass? I haven't done much, to be honest, this year because I've been here on my own. I love being out in the garden. It's great, isn't it? And uh, I think I'm going to take a bit more interest in, in maybe trying to plant some specific seeds yeah. uh, this year and watch them grow. Yeah, the trees in the front garden, they're, they're quite high now. So. It takes a lot to keep a garden in good shape. Yeah, and I suppose there is the physical side of it. But for me, it is a bit more the, the tranquility. Mm. And I must admit, when you hear the sound of the birds singing, you know, the, the trees bristling sedative isn't it it's like a sedative it's sedatory activity isn't it really sedatory you, you're, you're just bringing out words here that make you sound you know like you know what you're talking about sedatory. <laughs> i can speak english Educative. i am an english teacher you are an english teacher absolutely yes you are an english teacher no gardens it's good and i think a lot of people appreciating a garden in lockdown obviously if you haven't got one it must be quite awful especially if you've got young kids did i did i tell you about my two purchases from china over the last couple of months the first one I yeah got some, it's a, I, one of them's a hat yeah one of them's a hat right so i ordered some garden furniture and a blue hat turned up instead which i was furious about but the other one was i felt sucker for this advert again on a social media site whereby they showed this dog it was a dog for people that can't have dogs basically and it was so lifelike and it's you saw this dog running it said it could do 20 different things i was like oh my god this is amazing i'm gonna get this for lily i'm gonna tell her we can't get a real dog but she can have this dog apparently it follows you around you can program it to know its name and stuff like that no when it turned up it was like something you could win at the fairground for one pound it was just awful it yaps and that's it doesn't even move I was speaking to one of my friends yesterday and he was complaining that his wife spends a lot of money buying things off social media and that she's got a bit of a problem. Yes, it was me! <laughs> I know, and you're the one that's buying all the stuff. No, I bought it for the kids. I buy this stuff for the kids. Not the garden furniture, obviously. I brought that for me and Ali, but I brought it for the, uh, I brought the dog for, for Lily. <laughs> Did you see, Benjamin, there were two pictures are doing the rounds on social media this week. And these two pictures were side by side, and they were both of one person. And that person is the, the pop, the, the goddess, the superstar that is Cher. Now, there's one picture of her when she's 29 and one picture of her when she's 73, and she looks brilliant in both of them. Now, uh, Cher rose to stardom in, the early, in her early 20s uh, after Sonny and Cher's I Got You Babe Top the Charts. 
and she's not slowing down yet. Several decades later, she continues to sell out solo shows worldwide as one of the most successful entertainment figures of all time. Now, uh, 74 she is. Um, she maintains the same vibrant, youthful energy as she did more than 50 years ago. Her iconic show attires featured skin-tight leotards, sheer lacy fabric and knee-high stilettos, even to this day. A look that you are very familiar with, Benjamin. Do you know how Cher keeps her fantastic figure and looks and this image? Do you know how she does it? Yeah, plastic surgery. No. No, she's not had plastic surgery. You're telling me that Cher has never, ever had plastic surgery. I do not believe you. Listen, Benjamin, I know you might think that I'm, you know, pulling your leg, but I actually happen to be a close personal friend of Cher. You're joking. No rubbish. No, You're winding I, me up now. I, no, I'm not. I don't like to, you know, tell everybody because that's all people want to talk to me about. I met her, uh, I think it was about 10 years ago. And she ended up coming to stay with me. In fact, she was going to buy a place ne- nearby me, actually. Shall, shall we try and get hold of her? What? Do an interview with her? Shall we try and call her up? Let's do it. Let's give her a ring. All right. Give, give, me, give me a second. Let me see if I can get hold of her. I think I've got a bit. It's a bit of a bad uh, line, but uh, yes. So jo- I'm very pleased to say joining us today is my good friend, global superstar Cher. When was it that you last came to stay, Cher? I don't. When was the last time I was there? Ten years. Yes, I, I think it was about it was about ten years ago. Yeah. Can you can you hear me? Yeah. And, and remember, you loved the area so much that you nearly bought that place in my road. Yes. It was a smaller piece of property than I wanted for a larger amount of money than I wanted to pay. Had it been the other way around, it, I would be your neighbour. Can I just say, Cher, this is a real honour, obviously, that, that we're talking today. Um, so now, listen, we hear that you follow a plant-based, dairy-free diet. You work twice as hard in the gym and that you take care of your skin. Now, what else contributes to your amazing appearance, do you think? We've got good genes and I don't smoke, I don't drink, I don't do drugs. And I think that has a lot to do with it. Now, we know about your world dominance as a female artist, but it's not always been so good. Remember, you told me there was that time, if I remember, when you were a lift engineer. I've had the strangest career because I've gone up and down and up and down. So people, if they listen back, will know you're a regular on the Overboard podcast. And it's always a pleasure to have you on, Cher. Each time I've done it, I've thought, I won't be coming back. Oh, Cher, don't be like that. We love it when you are on the show. Now, listen, what about if David and I write a little sketch and you can play one of the parts? Is that OK? There's not a lot of parts for older women. And I fit into a strange category. I am older, but I don't look as old as I am, and so where do you put me? Well, don't worry, we'll work on something and give you a call. Yes. If you're the breadwinner, if you're the person who has to make the money, that's what you have to do. Cher, you were telling me the first time you listened to the Overboard podcast, you found it quite enlightening. And you're amazed that people even have to think about listening to the show. I think that we shouldn't even think about it. It should be so natural that we should just be talking about it like, you know, it was it happens all the time. Well, to be honest, Cher, it does happen frequently. You know, we're on the fourth series now. Look, we're delighted that you love the show so much. Do you, do you think anybody else listens to it? Ask, ask the Prime Minister. God, blimey, well, I'm surprised to hear that, aren't you, David? I'm very surprised, yeah. Yeah, it shocks the hell out of me. So, Cher, in, back in the last series, you must have heard our, our German superstar, Michael, Michael, the sauerkraut in action. You know the cooking on the last series with his cooking ideas? He's horrible. 
he's heinous. He's the worst. No, not Michael. He's lovely. Come on. I just think you don't know him well enough. Now, listen, what if he were to whisk you away on a luxury island for a holiday by the sea for a week? No, I'm not a sipping a cocktail kind of gal, you know? That would just bore me to tears. Well, maybe you can tune into his new YouTube channel, Hot Man's Channel, where he shows you how to cook. It's a, it's a great channel. Me and Ben both love it. He's already caused more damage than we know or that we would take us generations to put back. No, sir, don't, you don't know what you're talking about. Have you ever seen such a sexy chef? I think you're just jealous of the great man. It's always been much harder for women. People don't really care too much what men look like. They don't have to be sexy to keep working. So they get away with a lot. So after all these years, Cher, people are still demanding your shows, which is amazing. You know, did you think at your age you'd still be performing? I just assumed that I would just take my place in retirement heaven or wherever I would be. I just didn't think people would be wanting to come and see my show if they could go see a new show. Amazing. So, listen, your latest appearance on our show, how would you describe it? It was interesting, it was gross, and it was hysterical. So you will come back and continue to... To do the show with us and i want to make sure that i do it till i don't like it anymore so share as you know david he is a he's a budding singer he's very good have you listened to his latest cd i like that one amazing and before you go listen any closing words of inspiration for the fans go for your career try to balance your life be innovative be who you have made yourself to be don't take yourself too seriously and don't sweat the small stuff. Well, there you go. What about that? Well, David, Cher I can't quite believe it. Unbelievable. Share on the show. Maybe we should try to get a celebrity on every week. Do you know any other celebrity? <gasps> I'll have to look through my book. Yeah, have a little look through your book and maybe we can get somebody else on. It's now time for this. <laughs> so it's time to return then to the further adventures of Acorn Flake. We've had clip number one. Did you get it from the first clip? Maybe not. Very tricky this evening. Uh, let's have clip number two. Who is this? Always so much fun together. We were rivals. Two clips down, two to go. We'll be back later with, of course, the further adventures of Acorn Flake. Do you still think it's the yeah, same person you thought it was before? It's definitely him. Okay. It's definitely him. Or, or her. Or her. Benjamin, it's now time for this. It's anger management. It's time for me to ask you what's been getting on your goat this week. My front gate. <laughs> the goat on your gate or the gate on your goat. Uh, what's wrong with your front gate? People's inability to shut a gate. Right, we have a gate on the front oh, of our house, right? Can I, can, I, can I interrupt you, please? What? Can I just stop you? Because basically, um, let me just make a note of it. It's 11.32, the end of April 2021. This is when Benjamin officially became old. One of the <laughs> memories I have of my stepfather, we lived in this, this lovely place on the cliff path on the, on the Isle of Wight, and it had a gate. And all I can remember is John, my stepfather, <laughs> coming, David, this gate does shut, you know. That's all he used to say. And now I, I recognise this in you. Wow. Wow. Yeah. It does, but it does, does annoy you, does it, your gate not shut? You, you, you said John was your stepfather, yeah? Did you say John? Yes. Yeah, John, what yeah. a great man John must have been. Because the gate he was, is there. He was lovely. The gate is there for a reason. So if you come into the property and the gate is shut, when you leave the property, shut the gate. It's not 
rocket science. It doesn't have a combination lock. You don't need to be a maths wizard to work out to lift up the latch and to put it back down. It drives me mad. You wouldn't come to my front door, open it up, and then when you say, see you later, leave it open for the world to be able to come into. You shut the front door. Shut the gate. It is not difficult. Yes, OK, you might be a delivery driver. Maybe you don't have a huge IQ. But if you can open it to come through, you can close it. I'm not saying, by the way there, David, that delivery drivers don't have a huge IQ because I deliver... Uh, for my friend's cafe, and I always shut the gate. It's not hard. Is, is it possible that you can have your gate um, electrified? Yes, for those people that I don't like, so they get electrified no, when like they that. come through. No, not like that. Oh, I have a gated, pro- I have a gated property. Yeah. So um, basically, I have to press a button to release the gate's lock on it. Essentially, when you've got that, people tend to if they have if you have to unlock the gate to let them in then just by, I think, human nature, they lock it when they go out. Yeah, no, but we can't introduce anything like that around here, no. Mine's a bit, bit, a bit, more, it's a bit more horrible, actually, because oh. mine is online trolls. Hmm. Because I have become, a, a, well, I wouldn't say a victim, but I have, um, I have received some online abuse. Would you believe this? You're joking, but from who? There was a, a Facebook post that I put, I think it was 2016, and basically the post said how I'd just completed a season or a cruise and I was very happy to get home and spend time with my family and everything. Right. You know, best feeling, that sort of thing. Yeah. And someone in in Czech, in the Czech language, wrote underneath saying, uh, I hope your mother dies of a heart attack. What? When? And I was like, what? And um, as I looked at it, another comment appeared saying, I hope you die of throat cancer. (laughs) I mean, I'm not, I'm really? not I'm laughing because that is so disgusting. Uh, but this, this, this post from 2016, someone put on it the other day, these two things in Czech, so I had to translate it. And I thought, well, obviously, she's not really kept up with the time. She doesn't know me because my mum died last year, so she's missed out on that one. And then I thought, well, I, I'm the kind of person that just ignores it, which I did. I haven't really thought about it too much. I did write it down to talk to you about it because I just thought, how could people possibly write something that... That hateful, they don't know me. I mean, maybe this person does know me, and maybe I've upset her. It seemed like a her from the name. But that's what I'm saying. Who who is it? I mean, how did they access you? No idea. I'm not friends with the person. I couldn't find any um, friends of friends from from the thing. I didn't investigate too much because I thought I'm not wasting my time with this. Did you write back and say, bugger off? No, I just blocked them. I just blocked them. Okay. I just thought sod this but I mean you know it's just I mean why would anyone write that it's just terrible why would anyone write that even if they didn't like me why would they write that I mean it's you know because it's easy isn't it it's like stalking online isn't it really that's what trolling is I suppose for me it's the mentality how can anyone get to a mentality where they wish someone uh, uh, you know uh, a terminal disease on them Mm. I mean it's I'm shocked I don't understand it it's bizarre absolutely shocked David so that annoyed me this week. Now it's time for the third instalment of this. The Thor Adventures of Hornflake. So two clips down and two to go in the further adventures of a cornflake this evening. We're increasing the length of the clips, of course, every single time. Can you uh, decipher who tonight's mystery celebrity is from this clip number three? Always so much fun together. We were rivals in the sense that we were both happening at the same time. It's getting so much easier now. Surely you know who that mystery celebrity is. If you don't, don't worry. There's one final clip coming up a little bit later in the show. And then, of course, you will know who 
that celebrity is, surely. Oh, come on, you must get I that. Still... You must get that now. Yeah, come on, you must get that at home. That's an easy one. Right, it's now time for Etymology Corner. This is the point where I'll take a phrase or saying, a well-known phrase or saying, and tell you where it comes from. This week, save your bacon. Now, to save from injury or loss, material, reputation, etc., etymologists suggest it has been around at least since the 17th century, save your bacon. One origin is the metaphor of keeping the household's winter store of bacon protected from huge numbers of stray scavenging dogs. In that sense, the meaning was to save or prevent a loss. Baste your bacon meant to strike or scourge someone. Bacon being from the outside of the side of the pig would naturally be imagined to be the outer body part of a pig or person to receive a blow. Save your bacon. Mm, Very good, David. Very good. You're listening to the Overboard Podcast with David and Ben. The Bar Adventures of So here we go then with your final clip in this evening's The Further Adventures of a Cornflake. You've had three. I'm pretty sure you know who this mystery celebrity is. But let's give you one final chance just to, of course, confirm your thoughts behind this mystery celebrity this evening. Here we go with clip number four. Always so much fun together. We were rivals in the sense that we were both happening at the same time. He a little bit before me. So there we go then. There are your four clips for this evening's The Further Adventures of a Cornflake. David, do you know who this evening's mystery celebrity is? Yeah, I still I still know it is. If you do know, then please contact us on our Facebook page. Can you remember the title of the segment that I'm about to introduce, Benjamin? I think I can. Is it something along the lines of the Let round me of- let me hand over to you. Let me hand over to you then to introduce the next piece. And now back by popular demand, one of our favourites here on the Overboard Podcast. The ramblings of a robust, delicate flower. Isn't it a middle-aged as well? Shit. The ramblings of a robust, middle-aged, delicate flower. So hello there everyone. It's Darren and I'm sitting here. So glad we're back with Overboard Podcasts and what a joy to hear Dave and Ben again. Made my heart skip a beat. I've been tidying up the house recently and also my emails. Do they reflect what sort of person I am or am I just a bit unfortunate of what I get? Let's have a little look what I've got in my inbox. Male elongator. Wife almost chokes to death. Don't miss out. Seriously? Then we move on to sort out your horrible skin and pimples. Who would know? Oh, look, Carol's still interested, though. Dear Darren, I am very hot lady and I would like to know you well. Please, my love, I think we make good marriage. No, Carol, barking up the wrong bloody tree. Shelley, I'm a hot mess. Give me a call and I will make your life fun. I don't think so. It's just as much fun as the apps that Ben and Dave were describing last week. Oh, and here's the next one. Oh, this is lovely. Huge tummy. Burn 20 hours a day. All that fat on your stomach. Well, it hasn't put Carol and Shelley off, but does this sum up what I am? Have you had a look at your inbox with all this rubbish? So apparently I need a male elongator, I need to sort my skin out and need to get rid of my fat tummy. However, Carol and Shelley still like me. I suppose there's a silver lining in every cloud. 
Good to have Darren back. Oh, lovely to have Darren back. And he sounds well, doesn't he? He does sound well, yeah. One of life's great people, Darren. Well, that's about it for this week, um, Benjamin. Coming up in in a future episode, we have an interview that we've been managed to secure. I mean, I don't know how we managed to do this. It's like we have, uh, you know, she's related to one of us or something. But we've managed to get an interview with the author of the debut um, novel from Bethany Clift. It's called Last One at the Party. It's a fantastic book if you haven't read it, and we will have an interview there coming up in the next few episodes, which I'm really looking forward to. I'd like to thank our contributors this week, of course, the Overboard team, Darren, and and world superstar Cher as well. If you're enjoying the shows, please subscribe through your listening platform. This way it will download ready for you, available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, CastBox, Overcast, Pod- Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and Anchor. Uh, and spread the word. Let us know what you think. Suggest items to cover, people to interview, Guesses to cornflakes, questions to ask on polls, uh, your reaction to polls. On Facebook, it's at Overboard Podcast, all one word, board spelt B-O-R-E-D. Our website is over-board.com, board spelt B-O-R-E-D. On Twitter, Overboard5. And we're also on Instagram, but I can't remember the address. That's it for this week, Benjamin. It's just time for you to say goodnight. Good night. Any views or opinions represented in this podcast are personal, and uh, do not represent those of people, institutions or organisations that contributors may or not be associated with in a professional or personal capacity. The contributors to the podcast make no representations as to the accuracy or completeness of any information on the podcast or any site found by following any links discussed within.